Hey guys, it's Abby from Sarah and Abby's Vegan Adventures. Just want to apologize for the quality of this video. We were in the car when we recorded it, but this episode is really important to us. We think it's a really important message and, and a pretty good episode aside from the quality, so stick with us. Um, watch it on two, double speed if you have to. Um, and again, forgive the quality. We'll try to be better. Welcome to... Oh. Go ahead. Welcome to Sarah and Abby's Vegan Adventures, episode 7,349. And today we have a special guest, which is actually my mom. Hi there. <laughs> Do you want a fake name? <laughs> fake name? Yeah. Ellen. Oh, yeah, Ellen. Her yeah, fake name is Ellen. my real name. Ellen. Okay, okay. Oh, Sarah, tell, so, tell, mm -hmm, tell the viewers what you were just saying. Okay, so I don't want to divulge too much information to protect my identity and those around me, but basically I, I know a person who is just, you know, has this dog, a, a yellow lab, and... They, you know, from a breeder, they made a conscious effort to get this fancy dog. Um, and the dog has behavioral issues, you know, nothing nothing crazy. He's just, like, a little crazy, you know. He's and young, he's, too, though, right? Or no, not that young. He's, like, he's too old to be acting the way he's acting. But, yeah, he's young. He's young. <laughs> so... Oh, my Basically, like, I'm trying to work with them, and they're just, you know, being honest with me and telling me that they have not done anything that I recommended and that they're not going to, and that they're thinking of sending him away and or getting a shock collar to train him. And blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I'm talking to somebody else I know about it, and this person says to me, yeah, well, in their defense, you know, they have kids. You don't know what it's like to have kids and have to deal with training the dog. Um, and that's pretty much the story. That's the story. Well, then don't get a dog. Exactly, exactly. And that's that's what I said to the person that brought this up. It's, it's nobody forced you to purchase this dog from a breeder. You know, it's not even like it was a rescue that they didn't want, but they fell in love with it and blah, blah, blah. No, like, you went out of your way to get this type of, you, you did this to yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. And, yeah, we don't know what it's like to have kids in a family doing all this, but guess what? If I wasn't able to manage that, I wouldn't get a puppy. Exactly, exactly. It's like, you have your hands full already with your, why are you doing that, you know? And, uh... And it just, you know, really brought to my attention that this is not an uncommon situation for dogs to purposely be brought into this world just to go to a family that doesn't even care about their well-being and just wants the fancy-pants breed of dog because they want to fit in with their neighborhood. And let's just slap a shock collar on them and inhibit all of their behavior and call it a day. They just want the easy way out. Exactly. Get a, a beautiful dog and expect it to come fully trained. 
and you don't have to put any effort in. Yeah, it doesn't even sound like they enjoy the dog to begin with. No, but I think that's yet another image thing of, oh my gosh, we can't give our dog away. Not because they care about the dog, but because our friends have dogs. Like, we would look so, that would be so embarrassing. You know, there was that one article that I always refer to, just talking about the new definite, like, animal abuse in the U.S. is not always, we're beating our dogs, we're not feeding them, blah, blah, blah. The animal abuse here is we have a dog that we put use-aversives on that never leaves the house, that is just shut up in a crate or in another room all day, you know. Then you're going to probably use them forever. Like, it's not like these people get them and then stop using them. Like, they just are going to get them and use them forever. Yeah. So, my, my, okay. Wow. Just reminded me. My friend works for a family who has a puppy, another fancy pants breed of dog. And dog is causing havoc. You know, he's seven months old, being crazy. She goes to work the other day. The dog's wearing a shock collar. And the little four-year-old has the remote and says, hey, look, oh, no. look what we got the dog. This shocks him. Look, it's just, and, and the little kids, yep, in there, in the kids' hands. Oh, my God. How appropriate is that? Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, I feel bad for that dog. Like, that's sick. Oh, my God. Now, uh, Ellen, you don't have any, you're not, you wouldn't identify as an animal at Like, 
And why a shock collar in the house? I thought, I, I don't know much about shock collars, except that I don't, in general, like the idea of them, but you mean I thought like they'd be outside. You, you, yeah. you associate it with an invisible fence? Yes. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Sarah? Yeah, so people use them, like, literally just to correct anything. So, like, this, the dog in this case, both of the dogs that I just mentioned, jump and nip and bite, like, in a playful way. Like, they'll jump up to say hi, so they want to shock them for that. They'll jump on the counters, they want to shock them for that. Oh, my God. Yeah. They literally, yeah, they sell them with remote. You can program them to, like, to respond to barking. You've heard of bark collars. Yeah. And then you can also buy them where you have a remote that is on demand. And you can on demand change the level. You can go from one to a hundred. <gasps> you can just on your in your hand. Wow. So what's a what's a yeah. uh, like what's a a, a medium shock feel like? Like what what was it feels like, like getting your finger in an outlet <clears throat> you get shocked. It's like static electricity. It's like when you put your finger in the outlet. Well, that's a little different. Remember when we did? Well, I stuck my finger in an outlet, so I don't know what that's like. But remember we looked up what static. We looked up static electricity versus like current electric current, and the shock. The older shock collars use the current, which would be like putting your finger in an outlet and getting a whole shock. The newer ones tend to be like a static electric thing. So your whole sure, body isn't getting shocked. You're not getting electrocuted, but you're still but getting I, you're getting buzzed, like such a balloon. When I when I had the one to the invisible fence, I did it on my arm, and it literally felt like when you put your finger in the outlet, my whole body. And I was like, ooh. Oh, yeah. Been, and so the the older one, the cheap like the cheap ones, you can get like electric. They those still exist. So if they were cheap and they went to like a rinky dink company. That would still no, use the old invisible fence. Oh, okay. Well, I guess there's it could have also been static, and it just hurt. Like it's on a very sensitive part of your skin. Right. Well, yeah. and the, the invisible fences, like you can't control the when the invisible fence guy comes, he sets the level. So if it's too high for your dog, you can't control that yourself anyway. Okay. On the invisible fences, no, but you can't control. The the intensity yourself, which is fucked up. You can beep first, so you can make it go beep, and then that's almost like a warning to them. So then it becomes like doubly like horrible because they're anxious when they hear the beep. Like it doesn't hurt them, but they're like, oh, am I getting shocked? Am I not like, is it coming? Is it not coming? And then you're just living in constant fear. And what's unfortunate, too, though, with the invisible fences, now we're on a tangent, I guess, but they stopped giving out warning beeps. Talk about the warning beep with the, with the handheld ones. Well, because with the warning beep, a lot of people say that that's, oh, it doesn't hurt, it's just a beep. Well, the problem with that is when it's the handheld ones, it's not automatic. It's not like you hit the button and it beeps, it warning beeps for you and then you get to hit it again to make it actually shock you have to manually do the warning beep yourself and then manually do a shock and nobody under nobody would do that 
people would just shock them. And then if they remember to do a warning beep first, but how many times do they shock without a beep? It's just inconsistent. It doesn't make sense. Oh, and then and then the beat becomes the condition punishment, right? Oh yeah. So then yeah, people will say, Oh well, I don't use the shock anymore. We just use the beep or when people have a vibrate collar or whatever, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. I'm not saying the beep hurts. The beep does not hurt. But it's the anxiety that comes with the beep. And at that point the damage is done. You already shocked your dog. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they don't know what the, they don't know what the beep means without having first experienced yeah. the shock. Exactly. Yeah. So even if people say, Oh, they were only shocked once Okay, that shock must have been intense enough that they remembered it and they're gonna stay away from it just from a beep. Like think about it like that. Your dog is gonna stay in your yard and not chase a squirrel or go after a dog from the sound of a beep. So their emotional connection to that beep has to be that strong to keep them in the yard? Yeah. I don't think people have a good appreciation of um, uh, the emotional effect or emotional health of their um, of their dogs, of their pets. They're just, you know, if they're concerned at all, it's about the physical. It's like, well, it's, I'm not shocking him anymore. Well, but you've conditioned him to be fearful or, and, um, you know, that anxiety will come out in other ways, in behavior exactly. or poor health. Yep. And people don't care, though. That's the thing. Like, people yeah. really don't care at all. So you, you sounded shocked, though, when, when Sarah was describing the hand, the, the remote. You sounded shocked that that was, like, a thing. Did I didn't know that was a thing. I, I didn't know that you could. That's crazy. Like, I have a remote to shock, shock an animal. That's not a, That's sick, right? Like, that's, you can buy them at Walmart. You can buy them at Petco. Not Petco. Sorry, 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 sorry. They got rid of them. Oh, Petco good. Got rid of them. Oh, good. You can buy them at PetSmart, though. You can buy them at pet stores. And Walmart? Yeah. Yep. Walmart, for sure. <laughs> you can buy them on Amazon, and they're and the cheaper they get, the more like you know the shoddier the wiring is, and it might shock in random circumstances. Like imagine I have, we had one friend, I mean not a friend, but they told us that for their invisible fence, like somebody hit a line when they were digging, and the dog was just getting shocked. Oh randomly. It took them like two days to figure out that the dog was just getting shocked randomly for being in the yard. Oh, my God. So imagine that happens with a handheld one. And these people don't take them off. Like, it's not like they put them on when somebody's coming over. Like, they wear them 24-7. They don't take them off when they go to bed. I mean, some people do, but most people don't because it's an extra step. Oh, my God. Imagine that. They'll tell you not to take them off because they don't want the dogs to pick up on when they're wearing it versus when they're not. So they'll tell you to just keep them on all day and not put them on before you go outside. And with the handheld ones, like, it's not even like it's a flat collar and then it's just shocking you. Like, it's two prongs digging into their neck. Mm -hmm. 25 7. 25 7. Being dramatic. I thought we had to go back to three hours. Jeez. No, but it's it's. No, I just can't. I can't imagine 
inflicting any kind of harm on any body or any thing, any animal. So then what's your take on it? Do you think people are being malicious or do you think people are being ignorant? But at the same time, how is that ignorance when we described it to you, your first reaction was that's sick. Why would anybody do that? So how can you be ignorant? That's what I don't get. Um, I have a feeling that it's, um, it's just what people are used to. Like they grew up with a dog and well, I think a couple of things. They grew up with a dog and that was just what the family did. And so that's just all they know. It's like, you, you know, you, you just carry on. Well, we had dogs my whole life and not that I did, but, and we always had shock collars. So we always had an invisible fence. Like I could see that. Um, and I could also see, like, a bougie, like, uh, don't care. Like, I, you know, I love my dog. I don't know that it's overtly malicious. I think some people may be. But I think it's also just um, easy, lazy. They want the perfect yeah. dog without the perfect dog without putting in the work. Yeah. I think Ellen really hit the nail on the head with, they just want the easy way out. And I think, you know, the problem, I think what Ellen also said, you know, that's just the way it was done is a thing. I think when professionals recommend, we use the shock collar on diesel, a handheld shock collar. We use the prong collar on diesel. Why did we do this? Because we hired a trainer that was recommended to us. And the professional came into our house and told us that's what you do. So, okay, don't really question it. That's what the professional says. Okay. Right. Right. And yeah. I, it's also, yeah. you know, I think people, this goes, you know, back to how people view animals as a whole. I think people might figure, well, yeah, I wouldn't shock my kid because that's a human, but it's, it's just a dog. We yeah. shock dogs. That's what you do. That's just what you do. Just a dog. Yeah, and I think there's also um, like a you know the quick excuse me quick fix culture. Like you know we see a problem yeah. we want it fixed instantly. You know we you know we're hungry we want food you know in the microwave or delivered or you know it's just like the same thing. I have a headache I want to take an aspirin right away. Same thing. It's like I you know I have a dog it's doing yeah, something it's I don't weird. like I want it. I want to fix it fast. There's something about dogs, though, that's unique because we don't use them on cats. I mean, so, there are, like, rare instances where people might have them for their cats. But generally, you don't see them on cats. You don't. You never see them on horses. You don't see them on animals in the zoo, even. Animals in circuses. They don't use that. They use other things. But there's something unique about dogs that we're just, like, obsessed with, like, controlling them. Yeah. I think people see dogs as like companions and um, well some people and that they want them to be calm when the person is calm and they want them to play when the person is ready to play and like dogs don't always behave like that you know they're not robots mm-hmm. yeah I think it's it's a controlling aspect, and I think it's the fact that we're so, you know, dogs and humans have been coexisting for thousands and thousands of years. 
you know, like coexisting, coexisting, working together. The relationship between other domestic animals, like a cat, we weren't working with cats. Cats would come to our houses and kill the mice and flush the mice out, but not because we told them to or asked them to or because the cats had anything in it. You know what I'm saying? We have been sort of taking advantage of the relationship we had with dogs. Well, the relationship between us and dogs is different than the relationship we have with other animals. Yeah. By evolution, by how we bred them to do different jobs, by it's just different. So we have more of an urge to control them. There is something about just the controlling. Yeah. You know, controlling a dog. That they should behave in a certain way. Yeah, because it's, it's, we put our identities with our dogs, I think, a little bit. Like, if you have a cat and your cat behaves a certain way, it's like, yeah, that cat's a bitch. Yeah, she's crazy. <laughs> yeah, whatever. The cat just does her separate stuff. She's not intertwined with you as a person and your character. If your dog yeah. sucks, that kind of yeah. means you, people think that that means that's reflecting on you. Yeah, when, right. You know what yeah, I mean? no, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Like if you're if 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 Eugene is biting people, right? That's that, I'm not gonna take that's that right. as personally, <laughs> Eugene. As if Russell starts biting someone, not just because of the fact that Russell obviously will do more damage, but it's more personal for some reason when your dog is acting some kind of way than if your cat is acting some kind of way. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think that we accept the cats are just cats. Like, in the the the, mm-hmm. the the saying, it's like herding cats. Like, you know, cats don't get herded. They, <laughs> they refuse. They put their little paws down. Whereas dogs are herding animals. And they, and they have been, I don't know if they've been bred this way. I don't know that much about it. But, you know, dogs, for the most part, aim to please. Like, they want to please their owners. Cats could not care less. Yeah, it's, it's, humans and dogs have a very special relationship that humans and other animals don't have. And Nikki Ivy, I think, said it perfectly. We should tag her in this. That they are loyal to a fault. Yeah, and she says we love dogs, but we don't respect them. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. And we love them like an object. We don't. We don't understand. We don't care to understand them. We don't care to know them. We just care to have. Yeah. Yeah. We love them selfishly. Well, think yeah. about like the you know the words that we use. Like we'll say bad dog. We wouldn't say bad dog, but people will say bad dog. You never say bad cat. We laugh and go, oh, that crazy cat, what a bitch, or whatever. But dogs, they're expected to, they just have different expectations. Whereas cats, we don't expect them to, you know, please us or... But I will say this about cats. People are less respectful of cats' boundaries because they're not as dangerous. For example, everyone who tries to come to my, who comes to my house will try to pet Momo, and Momo will hiss and she'll scratch you, and then she'll move on to biting you. And people will continue to try to pet her. I'm like, please don't touch her. She doesn't want to be touched. If it, if you did that to a dog and the dog growled at you, everyone would be like, oh, oh, 
news, you know, yeah, it can do more damage, but people also don't respect cats, you know? Like, how many times has a cat, like, snarled at you and you're like, oh, let's keep playing, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> but, like, no, they're setting well, that down. I don't, I don't mess with cats like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I learned very quickly with Momo. Yeah, but people, everyone that comes to my house will literally, like, try to pet her. And then, you know, she's biting them. And I'm like, can you please stop? And they're like, oh, it's fine. I don't care. I'm like, I care. I don't want her uncomfortable. Like, you're making her uncomfortable. That's a great, that's a great point. Let's delve into that a little bit. When people say, I don't care, when it comes to, like, a situation like that, or like when those people, oh, we gotta make a different episode, baby. <laughs> I know. No, but it's true. It's like I don't care if you don't care. Like it's not about you. It's not about that. Yeah. It's, it's about my animal feeling uncomfortable. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. That's a whole. Yeah, that's another episode. But just one last okay. thing. Okay. So, so we had a dog. We were going to interview you and Sarah's parents, Sarah's parents, too, but since we have you here, we'll just ask you. We had a dog, and you you never used, you used we did use a choke chain because we had that one trainer, but you never sought out, like, a shock collar. Like, you never Googled shock collar when you had a dog. But, like, why? For Pharaoh? Yeah. No. I, the, the whole, that's just not my nature. Like, it just... I would never think of a shock collar. And I think if we had gone to a a trainer that suggested that, I think I'd have the same visceral reaction. Like, no, that's shocking my dog. So you think if you were at work saying, oh, we got this new dog, but he's kind of bad, and one of your friends said, oh, you should get an, a shock collar. It's been great for us. Do you think you would have been uncomfortable with that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Just because... Uh, my reaction to the story about the woman in the shock collar and the toddler with the remote that just just my 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 natural reaction was oh my god yes yeah. it's just it, it's just not in my nature to do that or to, yeah, to think, think of it yeah my parents definitely didn't google shock collar trainer like they didn't seek it out, this was a trainer that was recommended. But I so I think the question is so it's it's and it's also, you know, I think when people feel desperate, they wanted desperate times, call for desperate measures. So did Pharaoh give you a really hard time? No. When you got when yeah. like you were seeking Pharaoh, out? No. Pharaoh was when, no, he was a good boy. I did okay, yeah. he did he would get out, he'd like uh, yeah, he get out the under the fence, and he, he was gone. So he never got an invisible fence. No, we didn't. We never, he chewed a lot of things. Like, when we would leave, we never, did he? Yeah, yeah, we chewed my favorite pair of shoes. One, yeah. one of a pair of shoes. Oh, Why, what was oh yeah, remember I took the, so wait a minute, there's a little side story. So, Pharaoh ate, um, he just chewed um, one of my uh, shoes, and um, it was repairable. And so I took the shoes to a uh, a cobbler, <laughs> um, and I was telling the story like, oh, you know, I have this bad dog who chewed my shoe. 
And the guy goes, not the better dog. Not the better dog. And I was like, what? <laughs> a guy from Russia or Ukraine, I can't remember. Um, but he was very adamant that it wasn't the dog's fault. Like, not bad really guy. Like, Only bad human, right? I don't think he said bad human. Uh, you I added that. Did I add that to that? It used to be the story. Said, not bad dog. Only bad human. I might have been really making the story. Yeah. I remember yeah, not the dog's fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. I think another interesting point. So when that, the issues we were having with Diesel were he was literally insane. And my mom is my mom. And none of his basic needs were being met. And he was jumping and giving giving me numerous bloody noses. He was biting us. He was ripping our clothes. My ankles were covered in cuts from him biting. He pulled my mom over when she was walking him. He was we couldn't walk him on a leash. He was was class whatever. So we were having a very difficult time. But interestingly, which is a point I was going to bring up previously. Instead of that trainer coming over and saying, what is his daily life like? Where is he sleeping? What food is he eating? What is his normal day? Blah, blah, blah. He went straight to trying to address the literal issue of him pulling out a lead and jumping and biting us. It makes me wonder, like, if aversive training technique. Oh, wow. So, like, it it takes time to, you know, um, make people aware, you know, raise awareness, and then change behavior, right, of people, right? So, you have all of this old information that people grew up with. Well, I had five dogs, and they all had ecology. They were fine, right? Um, So, you have to kind of get through that generational education and raise awareness of alternatives and why the alternatives um, are better. Um, And then that will eventually change people's behaviors. I love that, Ellen. (laughs) But in my experience, the last year actually training dogs, it is just not realistic. And I'm being a very big pessimist right now. But the people that I, like, people really do not care. They, all they care about is my dog is jumping on people and my dog is biting me. He needs to stop now. That's all they care about. They don't care what the dog goes through. They, they don't care. Because I've had numerous clients say, Sarah, you're great. Oh, we love you. He's going to board and train, though, because I don't feel like doing it. Yeah, you know, like, and these are young people. The person she was talking on the yeah. was like thirty. Yeah, and it's it's the people I've worked with. You know, like they say they agree with me to my face, but they'll use a shock collar on their own dogs. Like it's yeah. it's not a gener it's it's quick fix. It's easy, and people just really don't care, and like when you educate the people that do care, like. Yeah, but the people that don't care, it's just like I can't do anything about the person from the beginning. Like she's hopeless. Yeah, I I I can see your point, 
um, the optimist in me would argue that um, the more people who use, what is it again? Fear free. Fear free um, and harmless <laughs> um, training techniques, there will be more of us out there who have really well trained dogs who will then become kind of an example. Like, oh my gosh, your dog is, wait a minute, your dog is so well behaved. Where did you take her? Actually, I had someone like Abby teach me how to train my dog. Now she's great. And she was non aversive um, techniques. Well, and my point, uh, my point was if I'm out at a dog park, for example, or out out hiking or something, and somebody says, well, your your dog is so well betrayed, it's so well, then I can share my experience, you know, if if they have a shock collar on theirs, like, yeah, you know, those are really bad, you know, here's why, like, um, the education part, the awareness and education, um, and I don't know, I'm not a big proponent of shaming people, but, um, you know, it's all part of advocacy, you have to speak up. Yeah, but if they don't care, they don't care. Well, not everybody's going to care. That's the thing. That's the problem. It's like, it's it's just, I feel like people inherently, it's that gap, and it's why people eat meat. It's that gap between where a human being and dogs are different because they're an animal. And unless, like, I just feel like there's always going to be that disconnect. You're always going to have, you're always going to have people who aren't going to change. I mean, that's just the way of the world. We're always going to have racists, unfortunately. We're always going to have people who, you know, treat their dogs the way we wouldn't want them treated. But, you know, um, we would hope for, a, a, you know, a shift, you know, that would have a, a significant enough shift where, you know, the majority of dogs are not being harmed. Well, and that's, I think... It's like if you're a racist, and this is why Donald Trump is so scary, because people were feeling comfortable going out and being a racist. Like, I think if we could get it to the point where using an aversive was the same as, like, you keep your dog tied out on a chain. Like, if you tell somebody, oh, the dog's on a chain, they're like, ah! But, you know, 50 years ago, that was the norm. If we could get it more like that, like, where they're, you were embarrassed to talk about it. I'm shouting. You're shouting. <laughs> you were embarrassed to talk about it. And that's just not like yeah. every like yeah. But 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 uh, what you just said was 50 years ago. Yeah. It's been five years since the you know this the, a new wave of fear-free, um, do no harm kind of training. Five years. I'm. A, I know, but unfortunately, we don't like the dogs that are alive now and that are I know. continuing to be born. I know. In the next 50 years, they, they don't want to be martyrs for the cause. I know. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it also comes down to we need more regulation in the dog training field. You can't buy hair dye that is professional grade unless you have a salon license. Why can you buy an e-collar that you can use a handheld remote for? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a great point. Mm -hmm. A child can walk in a store and buy one. It's not even like, well... Put it um, on the genitals. What? What? Oh my God. Video Oh my God. Yeah. They'll put it, like, if it's not working, if it's not strong enough on their neck, 
they'll put it on their down below area. And they're just how strap it on the strap it around their stroke. Oh my god. Oh my god. And then they'll post they'll be like after we um increase the sensitivity, it's back to the neck where it can be for now. He just needed a little bit more response uh a little bit more feedback. That's what they call it, feedback. Wow. Yeah. And you know what the problem is, like I was saying about regulation? Is like it is true, and Abby, maybe we can do an, an episode on this where we call trainers who use aversives and ask them their background, and all they're going to say is experience. Mm-hmm. That would be exactly. an interesting one. Like there is no trainer who is actually certified and actually has the hours and actually did the shit that is going to use an aversive because it doesn't. I exist. know. I, I know. I know of one. In or they got it 25 years ago. Yeah, they got it a long time ago and never did continuing education. So right. those are the two types of people we're going to get. People with nothing who say, oh, but I've been training police dogs for the last 35 years. Or, oh, yeah, I got it through Animal Behavior College 40 years ago. Oh, what have you done since then? Experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, mm-hmm. we should do an episode on that, honestly. Yeah, we should. We should close coffee, but left. We're one minute away, okay? Oh, my God. I'm 14 minutes away. Oh, wow. Oh. I'm sorry. Low poke, man. Hit the, hit the gas. Well, I know. I got stuck. mile an hour. I got stuck at a lot of lights. the local. We took the express. Um, yeah, do we want to call it? Is it today yeah. have any last words? Well, yeah, I wanted to make a final point. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what? Oh, you're funny. Go for it. No, so like what I was saying before about how that trainer with Diesel never asked any of the questions, was just going straight to the issue. That's right. what the, what the the friend with that lab puppy from the beginning of the episode, same thing. I was talking all this stuff, this, this, this. She said, yeah, but what about the jumping? What do I do when he jumps on me? What do I... Like... It, people okay. are only focusing on, on the tip of the iceberg the tip of the yeah. I said that the same thing to somebody I was trying to help I, she was like well she jumps and she's this and she's that and I was like I was like girl I can I can show you how to make her not jump on people but it's not going to work until she's getting a sufficient amount of exercise exactly and like the fact that Diesel's trainer came in our house and did not address the fact that he was eating what beneficial and not being walked like None of that is like really problematic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So well, thank you to our, our. Yeah, thank you to our guest, Ellen. We thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk you, to you guys soon. The next next stop is uh, the Rachel Meadow show. Mhm. Got to run. Uh, and the view. And the view. The view. <laughs> All right, bye guys. Bye. Bye.